is that between uh, the uh, Jewish New Year, which started, which is September 20th, to January 1st, our our New Year, there are days of uh, uh, prophetic um, sensitivity where you can you can speak prophetically about your future. Yeah. So I figured I'd share that with us because, you know, we pray and we want every advantage we can have. And then I thought about it. I said, well, you know, I know we do beef up our prayer during that time just because of the trick-or-treat prayers that we pray. And so uh, Shannon was able to get it on audio. So I'm going to let her play the audio first, and then we'll have the word. And, and just if you can get something from this, do but I think it's important uh, for us to prophetically declare some things uh, because there's so much confusion and, and uh, evil and craziness in the world. Uh, we need to be able to stand and declare, uh, you know, when the dust settles. Remember that prophecy? It's four years old now. I didn't think it was that old. So uh, we, we need to have something that we're declaring uh, so that it can help with the dust settling, just so we're not just sitting around waiting for God to do everything. Uh, we we know that we have a voice <clears throat> that He will honor as well. So, okay, Miss Cloretta Tayara. And uh, as a matter of fact, you did a special teaching CD for me, uh, which we people can electronically order, um, and uh, it's it's the teaching is called Hidden time and uh we've been talking about a lot of well actually positive things because i see wonderful things about ready to happen to our country but but we talked about a lot of negative things it's time to talk about something positive what did god and kind of briefly describe what did god show you about the essence of this special teaching cd hidden time you know, God uses uh, Israel as, as like a time clock. You know, no, everything revolves around. He's going to do nothing that doesn't include them. In some, and we're grafted into that vine. So, I mean, and and if if you look at Israel, just, just for this moment right here, see, God has given us a weapon, see, that, that we absolutely are not taking advantage of. And, see, there's only one place in your in your life where there is no sin at all, and that's in your tomorrow, because you haven't gotten there yet. Right. So God talks to you from the place of no sin. He comes into your tomorrow and tells you, come this way. And he begins to speak to you there in total purity. Well, here's something. Here's a nugget. If you take, you know, in September, Rosh Hashanah happened. Well, 5781 is the year right now in Israel. It was the new year, 5781. Well, if you add it, 5 plus 7 plus 8 plus 1 is 21. But here's the thing. If you take the year of the creation of Adam, 3760, and you subtract it from the Jewish New Year, it's 2021. It always comes out to the year we're in. Always, no matter where you go, forward or backward. But it's, but here is the key God tried to show us is that in September, his new year came into being. But three months and about 15 or so days later, the rest of the world comes into a new year. So for three months, you're operating in the future. You're in the future. You're already in 2021 according to God's time. 
but the rest of the world has not there yet. Because so the Europe. Jewish calendar is is it, uh, is based on a different system. That's exactly than, than right. The Roman calendar. That's right. And on this the gap that mm-hmm. occurs. That's right. And, this and gap, in this gap, you you said it's a yes. supernatural moment. Tell me it the is. first time you were aware of this supernatural moment in this gap, because we're in it right now. Yeah, we are right now. Tell me, tell me a previous experience with the gap. Okay, when I first became aware of this was in 2013, and it was when Thanksgiving and Hanukkah fell on the same day. And things began to happen, and the comet was passing over. All this stuff was taking place. And the Lord began to show me. He said, you're in the future. And he showed me the time gap between the the new year in Israel and the new year in the Gregorian calendar. There's about three months, always around three months of time. He said, stand in this time. You're in the future and declare what you want to come before 21 gets here. Start declaring it. He said he gave his people, not just prophets, all the people, his people can stand in that time. And it's almost as if he walks with them in that time, in the cool of the day, to establish their year that's coming ahead of them. Almost. And when you see that, man, it's amazing what happens. So if I'm understanding you right, Someone can take a prophetic word from God yes, yes. or a written prophetic word from oh, the yes. Bible. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and, and proclaim it from the future, which mm-hmm. means that's the truth, bro. It, it's got to happen. It's Isn't got it to happen. That's amazing because so this gap period yeah. we want to take advantage of. That's exactly right. And see, they can stand there and the first quarter, think about it, about three months. So the first quarter of the coming year, you can establish your whole year before you ever walk into it. If you understand the prophetic hidden time, it's there. It's been hidden for all this time. And uh, once you see it, you'll know every time after Rosh Hashanah, start declaring what you want coming in your coming year. Start talking about it, speaking it out of God's word, and walk into it in the coming year. Now, give me one example of from the past where you've where you've said something that has come to pass. Well, you know, I order my life during that time. In other words, like uh, things for the ministry. If I was to sit down and just say one specific thing, I don't know that I could tell you one. It's so overwhelming what happens in the coming year. But you have to know it and start speaking it like uh, we've seen prosperity come when there absolutely should have never been any. And we've during this pandemic, we've not suffered one day, not one loss, not one thing, because we speak from that time. And our whole and the whole congregation here will do it with us. They understand it. And they start speaking their lives and miracle after testimony is given all the time of what's happened. I keep saying all the time. It's all time. <laughs> oh, you prophets are all alike. Everything you say is like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, 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 I'm going to proclaim two things right now. Yes. Because I am speaking from the future. Praise God. Okay, so you guys got the gist of it?
So um, and the other thing I would say, too, is just be careful about your words. Amen. And be careful not to speak anything that you don't want to see come to pass. Uh, stay out of emotional traps that the enemy would put us in to get us to declare failure or uh, uh, a, a um, you know, fainting or quitting or anything like that. Uh, don't let your your mind, your exhausted mind start speaking to your prophetic heart. And then it come out of your prophetic mouth. You got me? You understand what I'm saying? And so it's a good time to be careful about your words. I think that's true all the time. Uh, even, even though we're, we're sometimes more careful than others, but, and be careful what you come into agreement with. You know, what other people speak to you and you say, oh yeah, okay. You know, be careful nodding an agreement and, and being a, a, a security for what they want to see happen or what they uh, speak out of the natural. So uh, speak out of the future, speak into the future, things you want to see come to, to pass, and not out of what you see in the natural because that will only perpetuate what you see, unless it's good. You understand what I'm saying? But we're always looking to, even if it's good, you want to enhance what your expectation is and what you know to be coming. So I just thought I'd share that with you as a means of, and, and this isn't new. It wasn't meant to be new, but it is new in the sense that you know you can be more sensitive to the fact that you are prophetic people and you do make declaration and you do depend on your confession and your word for your living. You know, that's really your your words and your action are more more uh declaring or more determining your future your your now and your future than anything else is so as prophetic people you know we're we're always uh careful to speak the word only uh, not speak any failure doubt anything from the natural realm and always be declaring the word of god and then you know that the word of god is coming to pass so i thought what i would do is encourage you with that also encourage you maybe to keep a short list, not a lot of stuff you don't have to, keep a short list and put it to the test and see if it doesn't come up uh, uh, better for you, doesn't come up uh, where you don't have so much worry and so much care, uh, so many incidental things, uh, unplanned things happening in your life, uh, that kind of thing. And if you can do that, I think it's worth it, amen, to keep a little more discipline about our words because uh, we're, we are coming into a place where God wants to do some very, very miraculous things. I know we say that a lot. Uh, I think the more we say it, the more we believe it, the more it will happen. You know what I'm saying? So it's not all wrong to do that. But I thought I would share that with you to give you something else to add to your repertoire or uh what artillery armament your yeah your weaponry so uh yeah so i think it's good we'll we'll put it to the test and see this gentleman seems to feel that it does work i think we have somebody uh doug addison shannon uh, did some work for him he's a prophet as well and and so he declares the same thing the same thing he validates that so so we'll 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 start incorporating that into what we do and 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 let it help us amen 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 praise god I gave you the wrong t- uh, title. Can I change that, please? Shooby dooby doo. It's your healing fulfills a promise. Okay. <laughs> totally forgot. 
All right. Praise God. Why don't we get started? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding that comes with your holy word. We thank you, Lord, for faith, for supernatural faith, for supernatural knowing, for supernatural understanding. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true all the time. All the time it's true. So I thank you, Lord, for this, um, uh, the word of truth, uh, the word of life, the word of light, the word of understanding. We thank you, Lord, totally for your word. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, I believe God is depending upon us who do gather together to be consistent in our work for him, uh, be consistent in our um, uh, diligence as far as um, our our work in the ministry. Thank you, Jesus. We'll see, Kitty. Now the Lord is saying there is a heavy load out here to be borne. He said, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." He said, "I am the burden bearer and I'm the one who pulls most of the weight." But there is a heavy load for people who are being diligent and who who are are being uh, more committed to me, uh, understanding what I'm desiring from them. And understanding that this world is teetering on the brink of either freedom and liberty or oppression, communism, uh, totalitarianism, and all of the oppressive forces uh, that that uh, try to oppress mankind, says the Lord. And the Lord is saying that, see how I want to put this, it is no that people have their churches closed now says the Lord for I have sorted them out from the faithful remnant the Lord is saying if you are gathering together now you are worshiping corporately you are praying corporately it's because you have been selected out of the general population of people who are called by my name. The Lord is saying, I have said in my word that I can save by many or by few. You are seeing the days of me saving by few, says the Lord. The Lord is saying, I don't need unbelief in this equation. I don't need doubt in this equation. I don't need naysayers and I don't need people who are fearful. So I have sorted all of that out. And I have gathered together the remnant of my body that is determined to go forward in mighty power, that is determined not to quit, that is determined to bring my enemies to me, and they are my footstool. And the Lord is saying, I expect you to cause the enemies of my kingdom to bow, so I have something to rest my feet on, says the Lord. And as you continue with one mind and one voice and one goal and one determination, that is to make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God, as you continue in that flow, says the Lord, then I can get my work done and it will be done. It will be done at my choosing, using the vessels that I choose, says the Lord. Don't think I'm not talking to you because I am talking to you, says the Lord. 
I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. You're just being obedient to my call, says the Lord. And some things won't make sense to you, and they don't have to make sense to you. But you must remain steadfast and obedient, says the Lord. You've got to remain where I placed you, says the Lord. Because I am dependent on a small number of my remnant people to help me do the heavy lifting in the earth so that I can get the job done that I want done, says the Spirit of the Lord. And it will get done, says the Spirit of the living God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 And amen again. Praise God. So we're going to talk about the fact that your healing fulfills a promise. Amen. Your healing fulfills a promise. We serve a God who fulfills all of the promises and prophecies that were written about him. Jesus came to fulfill prophecy that it was uh, that was written about him. We need to understand that God will do nothing except he reveal his secret to his servants, the prophets. That's always true. We know that there is no time exclusion on God's word. His word will come to pass whenever it's believed. So you can't say something was for this time or for that time because that word is still active anytime it's believed. And that's a wonderful thing about the word of God. Once it's believed. See, this is how you put it to test, to the test. I remember when I first started uh, in church, I was in, you know, kind of denominational churches and, you know, you run into people and say, well, oh, yeah, well, God don't heal people no more. That went out with it. And, you know, I'm like, really? He healed me. So (laughs) I know the devil didn't do it because I do know the difference. Once you've been oppressed by the devil all your life, you know what shows up. Amen. And so uh, these are, are things that have have traditions and lies that have flown through the church for ages and ages and ages and god wants to fulfill his word he wants to uh give us an understanding so that we'll know to position ourselves correctly so we don't miss what he's doing and that's the reason for prophecy that's part of the reason for it And that's part of the reason why the devil tries to grab it and put so much false stuff out there. And so, you know, people would say, well, why does God allow false prophets? Well, why does he allow anything? Why does he allow you to get stupid for 25 years and become a drug addict and then, you know, reaching out and pull you out of it? Amen. And so you can't question God, the why of things in God. You just have to know he has an answer and a remedy to things. And the way he remedies things is by announcing uh, beforehand and then fulfilling what he announces. Amen. He'll fulfill it sometimes whether we really believe it or not. But he warns us ahead of time so that we can position ourselves to receive the word and not walk past it like it's not true. Isaiah 42, if you'll turn there, I think that's the scripture that I want. This is really, I'll start in verse 1 because I probably would have to go back to this anyway. But 
this is a, a prophecy written about Jesus, the Messiah. Um, the Old Testament is filled with signs pointing to Jesus. So we would know how to identify him when he came. Amen. And it says, verse 42, verse 1, Behold my servant whom I uphold. Amen. You are God's servant that he upholds. You got me? So see yourself in this because you have the spirit of Christ dwelling in you. And so he says, behold, my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delights. You know, we could all meditate on that for two or three days and get straightened out about a lot of stuff. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break and a smoking flax shall he not quench. In other words, he's a, he's a gentle person. Amen. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged. Till he have set judgment in the earth and the isle shall wait for his laws. In, in other words, what Jesus did affects the whole world. Amen. Thus says God the Lord, he, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit upon them that walk therein, the Lord have called thee in righteousness and will hold your hand and will keep you and will give you for a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the prison and to them that sit in darkness out of the prison house I am the Lord that is my name and my glory will I not give to another neither my praise to graven images behold the former things have come to pass. In other words, everything that's been said about Jesus has been fulfilled at this time. And he said, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you about them. So this establishes that God doesn't do anything as a shock and a surprise unless we refuse to believe. So for people who will, will extend their faith out, to discern and to sort out and to hear and to see what God's saying, uh, God tells us about the new things that he is doing. So new things are always proclaimed by God. Amos, uh, what is that scripture? I, I forgot to write it down. Well, Amos, I will do nothing. Is it 3-7 or like I said, yabba-dabba-do? <laughs> when you find it, just holler it out. And it it says, I will do nothing unless I reveal my secret to my servants, the prophets. In 3-7, thank you. Hey, I got it right. Hey. So, um, yeah, Amos 3-7, like I said. Um, but, But that's a wonderful thing. See, when people hear that sometimes, they go, well, you can't tell me nothing. God want me to know something. He tell me himself. Huh? <laughs> Who was that? I think it was Shambach. He said, uh, he said, he said, if God sends man to tell you something, it's mercy. 
if he has to tell you himself, amen, might be a different flavor on it. So I wouldn't be real quick to be demanding God come tell me nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Let's not get crazy here. You know, the reason he raises up preachers is so that his word can be heard by more people. But if you got to get up off his throne, come down, just speak to you. Seriously? Say, well, you know what, God, I do believe that man or woman of God when they told me that. <laughs> I just, I just figured it out. Amen. And so it says, <clears throat> so when God is going to do something, he tells, he tells the earth through his chosen vessels. Amen. Prophets who are sent by God are chosen vessels. Not everybody that tells you, thus saith the Lord, is a chosen vessel. Amen. You got to understand that. People have a, 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 they can talk if they want to. But it's up to us to discern if that word is from God or not. What God is saying to us, how he speaks to us, all of that. That's up for us to decide. We're responsible for discerning and sorting through truth. Amen. So Jesus came to fulfill prophecy and there were many that were fulfilled about him. Now about his, I'm going to say that for a minute, okay. About his life, uh, Matthew 1, if we go there, I found book of matthew to be a little helpful for me to lay this out for you matthew 1 there's someone gave a number to the messianic prophecies they said the probability of those prophecies coming to pass are just so immense like one in so many quadrillion trillion trillion you know so they could only speak of one person you know it's not like it's a coincidence that all this happened that jesus fulfilled but matthew 1 and verse 22 i think it is eighteen now the birth of jesus christ was on this wise when as his mother mary was espoused to joseph before they came together she was found with child of the holy ghost then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, wanted to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus or Savior, Will he will save the world people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying behold a virgin shall be with child that was Isaiah was it not uh shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. And so the first, even Jesus' birth, was a fulfillment of prophecy. There's very little about him that was not foretold. Why do you think God went through all that trouble to alert the people what to look for? I've told you this. 
this is written already this is in your scriptures refer back to the scriptures what did i say about this person what did i say about them whenever there was a contradiction in their thinking about what what uh, jesus was supposed to do or what the messiah was supposed to look like what he was supposed to say and all that kind of stuff god would then begin to let him fulfill some things that were spoken about him in the sequence that he needed to so that he could be revealed to the people see you can't have anything revealed to you unless god ordains it to be revealed to you and what he ordains to be revealed is for you so that you can use it so that you can be successful in what you set out to do for him his kingdom for yourself personally uh, all of it kingdom related though you don't you don't want anything that's outside of god's kingdom we've been there already amen so we forsook that and we picked up christ and so when when it talks about even his birth they could reflect back on what was told about him in the prophets matthew 2 and verse i think it starts at 15 13 when they were departed behold the angel of the lord to appeared to joseph again in a dream saying arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to egypt and be there until i bring you word for herod will seek to the young child to destroy him when he arose and took the young child and his mother by night and departed unto egypt and was there until the death of herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the lord by the prophet saying out of egypt have i called my son then herod when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men was exceedingly angry and sent forth and began to kill all the young babies under two years of age so we see abortion is not new right it's been used before when you see that thing start coming out and begin to be popular and be fought over you know this is uh, afoot amen that's why we bind the jezebel ahab and pharaoh triad to bring this thing down because as long as we're consenting in the shedding of innocent blood we will not prosper and you can't tell me you can't say no to something that wicked you understand what i'm saying if you've got the spirit of god in you and so when we understand that these things have been done before they've just come under a different cloak and now it's coming under a, a kind of a nice cloak because it's being done in america we think it's okay amen we, we oh well you know it's the law well this was the law too huh when moses was born it was the law to kill all of the hebrew babies amen and so the fact and, and this has been done in our supreme court before you know people say you know people run hot and cold on america well yeah, it's a racist country we don't just ain't nothing here and then oh, oh it's the law when it comes to killing babies well make up your mind but i can tell you right now this isn't the first time that humans were considered to be not human you know people well it's just a pack of cells they're human cells you leave them alone they'll be a real baby one day got me but the dred scott decision was the same way dred scott was never a slave he was a born a free man and he got caught up in some people that wanted to uh enslave him because he was black and the supreme court said that slaves were not 
people they were property so they've been wrong before you understand what i'm saying they've been wrong before they're human beings and they've been wrong before and they're wrong about this amen because the majority of people do not favor abortion they've never wanted it but the supreme court overruled the will of the people you got me this ain't new this is the same herod that's that's the same the the herod that passed that law it's the same herod that did this okay and god wants these enemies his footstool he wants them to put his feet up on and that's where they rightfully belong is under his feet and it's our job to do it we ain't waiting on nobody to come and do nothing it's your job and my job to make sure that this gets done amen but here it died anyway well you can kill the person but you know that spirit is still floating around jumping inside of people that's what we have to do keep fighting keep binding keep casting down keep telling them to shut up keep telling them to stop talking let go of what they're stealing drop your prey it don't belong to you god intends for all of his word to be fulfilled folks he said heaven and earth will pass away in other words his word will be hanging out here in in, in nothing land amen it'll all be gone the word's still out there amen i'm telling you we got to consider that word precious i mean it, it just don't overlook the word and think i get my word tomorrow you may not be here tomorrow to get in nothing you understand what i'm saying because hell is fast heating up the bible says the devil is full of wrath that was centuries ago because he knows his time is short amen so if you're a thief and you know you don't have much time you'll kill step on whatever you got to do to take that stuff and get away with it so in matthew let me think where are we matthew 2 did we go down to 23 okay so it says here and it he came verse 23 he came and dwelt in the city of nazareth that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets he shall be called a nazarene amen and so when when we understand that god is about fulfilling promises it's good to stay in the word it's good to stay in the prophetic word if god has a word for you that comes from the mouth of a prophet or uh, another vessel you know pay attention and learn to discern if that's something god is speaking to you and and it's something that you need to be made aware of don't get excited at the fact that god talks through people you understand what i'm saying it's it's a flesh thing sometimes where people get excited about and then they'll want that gift too prophecy has always brought jealousy among people uh you know you'll see people crazy i call them crazy because they are crazy you know well i'm the chief prophet over so and so and such and such so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know seriously there's only one chief in this kingdom amen Matthew 4, 
So we saw that even the promises about where Jesus would be, be born, where he would come from, where he would be raised up. Matthew 4, and if I start in verse 13, I think it is. I'm sorry. Uh, Matthew 4. Yeah. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, to the people which sat in darkness, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them that sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. So Jesus then uh, also took up the the mantle, if you will. It's, I can't, can't call it the same thing, but the message. That same message that John the Baptist carried. John the Baptist's time was winding down, and Jesus was coming to demonstrate the kingdom. John prepared the people for the coming of the king, but Jesus then began to demonstrate and declare the kingdom. And and that's what his preaching and teaching was all about. Um, In Luke chapter 4, Mark, Luke, I'll put this here now. Luke 4, uh, verse, and this is also a fulfillment of prophecy. This will be good for some of your quiz, quizzy friends, you know. How do you know Jesus? A man wrote the Bible. I said, oh boy, holy men. Yeah, I don't doubt a man wrote it, but these were holy men. Amen. Chosen by God and anointed by God. Luke 4. And verse 17, when there was delivered unto him, okay, 16, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. So you can see Jesus did not select this passage of scripture. This is being a fulfillment of prophecy. Amen. And he said it was given to him and opened there. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Why do you think they were fastened? Because that word came to life like it never did. any. That was the thing that got most people about Jesus. They said, oh, he talks like one with power, not like the scribes. The scribes just read the scriptures because they weren't anointed to do anything but read them. But this day, this scripture came to life. And he began to say to them, this day, verse 21, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? And people began to wonder and to 
uh, marvel at him not because of him but because of the power that was upon him you have to understand that about the anointing it's noticeable in the realm of the spirit and then people will have a natural reaction to it as well it's not ordinary words it's not the same kind of words that that you know are spoken just in normal conversation because anytime god wants to you know the bible says jesus god says open your you open your mouth and i'll fill it with words so what that tells me is that at any given time that i'm with anybody god can take over my words all you have to do is be in the mode of speaking and he will come upon you and he'll begin to fill your mouth with words now anybody who hasn't experienced that you ever you ever start thinking you're going to talk to somebody about one thing and then you start that conversation and all of a sudden there's a steering wheel huh somebody grabs the wheel huh what's that song jesus take the wheel someone i don't know i didn't listen to it all i just a little portion of it but uh he'll do it anyway whether you tell him to or not you know so he has licensed after you're his property when you're born again you his property you don't belong to yourself no more so after you're born again he has legal license anytime you open your mouth to take over and fill it with words amen i've been in in because because of the anointing prophetic and or prophet's office anointing that i carry i'll notice sometimes i'll be talking to people and they look like somebody hit them with cold water in their face you know that's god showed up and did that see i'm god's servant i'm not trying to offend people because i don't like you i love y'all but you need to be straightened out sometimes and i don't even know when you need it god knows when you need it huh and he'll come upon your mouth and fill it with words that's why i quit trying to fix everything you know how you do sometimes you notice people acting strange after you talk to them and oh what did i say i didn't mean to hurt nobody's feeling i quit trying to fix it up because i can't fix it anyway god is the fixer well you understand what i'm saying if he forgave your sins he fixed that didn't he he'll fix everything else you understand what i'm saying and i've noticed what god would show me he said now that he said you watch he said that word is going to follow them and it's going to work on them until they have to either believe it and obey it you know we ain't just out here talking folks i mean i hope you understand that every word you say and utter is noted god says that you give an account for every idle word you speak so you might as well get used to him filling your mouth with words you might as well get used to understanding that you don't belong to you and a little cute conversation you thought you were having about something is not worth anything and he will come and take over your mouth and start to speak through you for his glory amen you know our flesh has been getting glory long enough 
now it's time for God to get some glory out of what we do. Amen. It's about time. So people were shocked when he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. He actually did them a favor because they were puzzled before. Now they got clarity. And they're looking and saying, is this this man somebody that we've heard about already and didn't know he was right here in our midst? Amen. Now, this happens all the time with things of the spirit. You know, it's like people would say, well, wow, revival, I'm praying for revival. You wouldn't recognize it, most people, if you, when it comes, because most don't. Most don't. I just found out that this is interesting. All the years we've been taught on God's generals, Azusa Street, we just found out how Brother Seymour did what he did. Huh? Was kept secret from the so-called know-everything people. Huh? Brother Seymour sat with a box on his head <laughs> in the meeting until God told him to take the box off and start the meeting. I'm not saying go get a box. But if that that's what God tells you to do, do it. But it's interesting to me that none of the quote-unquote historians found that detail. Until a man who lived with the people who had retired from Azusa Street began to get permission from God to reveal it. And he's been watching people tell the story, sell the books, make the movies, do this and do that. And then he comes along and begins to give us some revelation we didn't know before. So if anybody wants to complete the picture, now we can complete the picture. Of how this man was empowered by God. Amen. And so these things are important to me because they, they fill in some gaps of information and knowledge and understanding that we need to have before we go running out somewhere in Walmart pulling people out of them, them carts they ride around in. I mean, seriously. Yeah, sure you have. We all have permission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. All that kind of stuff. That is a mandate for the church. But we all do it by leading of the spirit. We do it by unction. You just don't jump up in the flesh and start doing stuff. And putting on YouTube and running your little with your buddy, running your camera behind you and through Walmart. You know, you stayed. Jesus fasted 40 days before he got up and gave that message. Well, you know, you're right. (laughs) Right. Most people aren't willing to pay the price. Huh? You know, you'd have to delete a lot of apps off your phone. You know, every Friday McDonald's sent me. I got the app for Rachel. When I would pick her up from school, I'd say, well, I'll get her a little. She liked them little wooden things, grilled snack wrap or something like that. It was only like a dollar. So it's like, you know, 
but I got the app to make it convenient. I say, here, you order it. You do what you want to do, and we'll whatever, whatever. But I never took it off. Well, every Friday, I get free French fries. Huh? That's one app that's definitely going to go if I'm going to get serious with God. You understand what I'm saying? Then they tell you got to spend a dollar. And then some of them say, you don't have to spend nothing. Just come in and get these French fries, Barb. Forget what God told you to do. Huh? You have to get rid of a lot of stuff. You get serious with God. But I tell you, if you do it, it'll pay off for you. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about, you know, gift cards and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about things of a an eternal nature, a spiritual nature. I'm talking about ways to get your children set for life. So that and I'm not talking about money. They can they need to work. Huh? Brother Fred Price used to Talk about, you know, yeah, God wants you to prosper. And I just decided I was going, uh, uh, if I had money, I could leave money to my kids and they wouldn't have to struggle like I did. And I'm like, you did pretty good. But then in the next breath, he's rebuking his own kids because they won't come to church on time. So you're going to leave them a bunch of money. And feel like you did a good job where you can't motivate them to honor God by coming to service on time. People say believe half of what you see. And none of what you hear. Huh? It's the truth. Thank you, Miss Nola. <laughs> Whatever. You got to make sure everything gets a, a witness in your inner man that it's God. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure you get that inner witness. Stay with that inner witness. Matthew 8. Did we do Matthew 4 already? I kind of skipped around. Okay, so we go back to Matthew. Matthew 8. Thank you. Matthew 8. Verse 14. Jesus was come to Peter's house. And he saw his wife's mother laid and sick with a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and ministered unto them. And when even was come, they brought unto him many, many that were possessed with devils. You know, we get scared if one funny acting person shows up. Amen. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken. So see, here it is. Your healing is really a matter of his fulfilling prophecy. He's keeping his word to us. 
you don't have to do anything special but believe you don't have to be any kind of special person for god he doesn't single people out for healing except they're seeking it and they're showing him adequate faith they're not quitting when their faith is is put to the test amen and so he does it to fulfill prophecy he does it because he said he would do it he does it because he wants to make good on what he's promised us amen for no other reason except he promised it to us and he's fulfilling what he promised he's anointed to do that very thing and the anointing that he puts upon us is for the same reason the reason many of us don't do it is because we don't believe this is plain and simple because if you read the bible and you start believing what you read i guarantee you it'll work for you but see the first thing we do when we want to do something we go ask the wrong person if it's god or not huh they talk you out of it huh no no you you gotta you you better do this and be do this and that and do give you a whole list of other things to do other than believe the bible says only believe don't add nothing to it amen now of course there's some action when you are a believer there's a corresponding action to your faith and you got to perform that corresponding action so that god will see your faith is active he'll see you really mean it you're not just sitting up saying you believe and nodding in agreement all the time but you actually get up and do what he instructs you to do in luke 13 this is the woman that was that had an affliction amen that caused her not to be able to straighten up luke 13 verse 16 verse 10 it says and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the sabbath and behold there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years so much so that it was beginning to gain on her amen she it was it was causing her it was so afflicting her it was causing her it was taking control over her in other words bowed over and she could not straighten herself up and when jesus saw her he called her to him now she didn't go to him seeking anything now people people get this mixed up with oh jesus god can do anything i don't have to pray i don't have that because see when he saw that lady just went to her well you don't know what transpired before he saw her there you don't know if she prayed or not you don't know if she was holding on to faith for her healing she was in the right place to get it but the wrong people are in charge them's the faith killers huh well who sinned here his parents we ain't talking about that that's not an issue 
Where'd you, where'd you get that power? Who told you you could do it? By whose authority do you do those things? See, that's the religious component. Always asking the wrong questions. Because the religious, their job is to stop the kingdom from advancing and from manifesting. Jesus said, he said, you don't know the kingdom and then you keep people who want to get in from coming in. He said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. You're loose from this spirit that's binding you and causing you. It's got you. It's trying to win in your life. But I'm here to tell you it ain't going to win. Amen. He said, you're loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. My thing is this, if it hasn't manifested yet, you glorify God and it will manifest. You got me? Because she lived in a place where she wasn't expecting it, but she did glorify God to acknowledge that he had done that work for her. I'm telling you, if we learn to glorify him and lift him up continually, we'll get the benefits of the things that we see others get first and then glorify him. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. And this is the flimsy excuse he gave. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And he said to the people, now here we go, this is competition. There are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath. Well, she'd been coming for 18 years. I mean, when else, I mean, how much coming has she got to do? And the Lord said to him, you hypocrite. See, I never get that kind of anointing to. You see what I'm saying? It's, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Huh? You hypocrite. He said, any one of you on the Sabbath, if your, your, one of your animals fell, fell into to the mud or if you had to get if he got thirsty and you had to lead him out of the stall you would you work and he said this woman who's a daughter of abraham she ought to be healed so it, it, because he's he, jesus looked at it like this i owe her a healing that's why i came i came to fulfill everything that was spoken about me and and i'm running on uh time that i don't have a lot of so i got to do some catch up here why has he got to do catch up? Because religious won't do their job. If that miracle, if they can't attach a dollar bill to that miracle some kind of way, they ain't getting involved in it. Prophet so-and-so got his cash app way on the bottom. So that trust me, is on there. You'll find it somewhere. Keep looking for it. And he said, ought not this woman, who's a, she's a covenant woman, a daughter of Abraham, she ought to be healed. I don't care what day it is. And he says, when he said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. 
Woo, that's a good day. And all the people rejoiced. So then he turned the church out. Huh? Came in there and healed. A miracle will always turn people on who are there for the right reasons. Amen. The people always want freedom. They always want liberty. They always want better life. It's the leadership that is always blocking the way for them to get it. That's why they were afraid of Jesus, because they saw all the people starting to follow him. The Bible said they feared the multitude. Amen. Because it was so many people, they wondered, how can we get these people back? Well, you can't get them back. Once people are sold on truth, you'll never get them back. Huh? Because truth will begin to spread. And truth will begin to increase. And that's that's the power, the advantage, and the edge that God knows his kingdom has over the kingdom of darkness. He pulls people out of darkness and brings them into light. Never to go back into darkness again. Amen. The boy that was born blind. That Jesus, they kept picking at him and picking at him. As soon as he got his sight, then they who did this? Where did he go? And what did he do? And how'd you get your sight? Picking at his parents. And his parents didn't say anything because they were scared of getting kicked out of the synagogue. It's a trap for you to lose everything God has for you. Whoever you associate with can help you or they can lay a snare for you. And the fact that these this this boy's parents were afraid of being thrown out of the synagogue laid a snare for him to lose his healing. So they wiggle their way back in, you know, go over here. Like people, people do us like that. Go over to the watchman because they, girl, let people know how to pray. They know how to do this. And, they, and then they go over to their dead church and lose everything. Huh? Then we'll say, we don't know what we're doing. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so Jesus sees him he comes back later and he sees this young man back in the synagogue again your mom and daddy didn't drag him back in there they let him get out and while he's out jesus opens his eyes and then when people start questioning them they take him right back in there to the dead place where he came from and Jesus looked at him and he told him, go and sin no more lest the worst thing happen to you. He's telling him that while he's in church. He said, get out of here. Because it's going to be worse for you if you stay around because these people that kept you blocking all this time. You know, all the thousands, millions really of people that have gone to Benny Hinn conferences. More Cirillo conferences. The Copelands teach all the time. You know, anointed people who move in power. And to see the little bit of power 
that's being released from God's people is really a shame when you think of it. What did all those people go there for? Like Jesus asked people about John, but what did you go to the wilderness to see? You understand what? Do you realize what you saw out there? That's why God said, I'll save by many or by few. If y'all scared, stay home. You understand what I'm saying? It just, you know, because fear is contagious. He said, you're going into war. He said, let the faint and fearful and faint-hearted stay home, lest there's brethren's hearts faint also. So we don't want people putting fear on each other. We're supposed to be faith people. We're supposed to increase each other in our faith. And if your faith gets challenged, then rise up and meet the challenge. Because there's more help for you as long as you're moving in faith and in the power of God. So Jesus said, we owe her a healing. In other words, that's an indictment on the dead people, the dead Pharisees. He said, look at this woman. She's a daughter of Abraham. She ought to be healed. You got her running around here and she's not gotten any better. And she's still not healed. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm paying off a promise to this woman. So whenever God heals you, he's paying off a promise to you. He's not trying to make your life hard. He's not. He will supply everything that you need. He'll give you wisdom, understanding. He'll prompt you by the Holy Spirit. He's giving you his word. Learn how to take the medicine of the word. Always do your part because God wants you to be healed. He wants you well. He came here to take sickness and take oppression away from people. That That's Jesus fulfilled his mission. And he left the anointing here with his church, with his people. Matthew 12. Verse 9, and when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man that had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man of you shall there be that shall have one sheep, and if he falls in a pit on Sunday or Sabbath day, will he not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much more then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it's lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. And he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. He stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like the other ones. And the Pharisees went out again, whispering behind his back. Oral Roberts said that he was, because he was a healing minister, he was very popular. You know, just everywhere. And he said that there would be times where ministers would invite him to some of their meetings and, you know, invite him to speak and everything. And he said often there would be other ministers sitting behind him. They would sit all up on the front on a dais and the speaker would come forth and speak. And he said many times he would feel daggers 
in his back. Amen. Because envy stabs you. Amen. It, it, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, when somebody is in, and we're, when we're all Christians, we're friends. Amen. We, we have covenant. We don't pick out special ones. We're all friends in the family of God. Amen. That's your flesh picking people out. Huh? Flesh will be disappointed. Huh? Seriously. But Jesus heals this man on the Sabbath and the Pharisees went out, held a council against him, how they might destroy him. Same thing goes on now, folks. That news for you. You know, when when people it's 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 a common thing. People will be self proclaimed leaders, self proclaimed in charge of this, self proclaimed. Uh, I'm I'm the biggest and the best in this city, and nobody can knock me off my pedestal. You know that's very common with church people. You go to somebody's church that's supposed to be the talk of the city. You understand what I'm saying? And see what kind of treatment how they treat other people. You know they keep the the people in the church at arm's length. You just can't go up to them. And speak to them. All their little armor bears. Now we make fun of it around here. I'm like, where's my armor bear? You know, somebody's sleeping somewhere. <laughs> armor bear sleep, taking a nap. You know, I got stabbed 15 times before I get to the door, but the armor bears having a good time. But they've got some crazy people around these people. You understand what I'm saying? Because they think, and this is what they tell you. This is how ignorant they are. And crazy. I call them deranged. Bad ushering derangement. Well, he's too anointed to touch people. I don't know where Jesus was, is, is and was more anointed than anybody walking the earth even now. People went up to him and touched his clothes. Oh, you can't touch Bishop. I don't want to. But don't don't get it twisted. That ain't why I'm here. <laughs> huh? You know, you go in some of these places and you kind of like hold your nose until you get out. You know, Jesus is the only one who fulfilled. They say there's roughly, noticeably, at least 369 messianic prophecies that he fulfilled. 365, one for every day, something like that. And and nobody in earth has had so much said about them before they came on the scene and then have it fulfilled exactly the way it was spoken. And if he fulfilled all prophecy like that about everything he did you can rest assured that your healing is guaranteed amen there's never any doubt about it 
it, it was settled before the foundation of the earth. Before the foundation of the earth, the Bible says that he was wounded for our transgression. He was slain before the foundation of the earth. Got me? In Isaiah, if we're told it being acted out on earth, but all of that happened before the foundation of the earth. So when he did all, if he did all of that before you got here, your getting here didn't negate it in any way. Your lifestyle that you have lived that you were not proud of did not cancel your healing. It didn't alter how much he wants you well. It didn't alter anything that he's promised you. Because these things must be fulfilled. He must heal you. He must save you. He must help you. He must deliver you. He must do all of these things because he's blood guaranteed to do them. And it don't depend on you. See, the, the faith that we need to operate in is the kind that's fully persuaded that what he's promised, he's able to fulfill. It ain't about you fulfilling it. You can't confess enough. You can't read enough Bibles. You can't grab enough of these scripture pillows. You can't have enough things on your refrigerator. He must fulfill what he's spoken about self towards you. He promised himself he would do it. And he's not breaking his word to himself. You just happen to be the recipient of it. You just happen to walk in a room when they gave the altar call or whatever happened. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't want to disappoint himself, and he's not going to do it. Isaiah 42. Verse 1. He says, Behold, my servant, the one who I uphold, mine elect, and who my soul delights. We can claim that for ourselves. Amen? Just understand that you are the delight of the Lord. He said, I have put my spirit upon him. So whenever God's spirit is upon you, you're his delight. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Oh, Pastor Barb, you don't understand. They just don't like me. Could it be? (laughs) Anytime you go in a room and they roll their eyes or they look at each other from across the room when you say something, huh? You know what I'm talking about. Everybody's been there. Amen. (laughs) I remember. There was some lady at, I worked with her uh, when I was in nursing. And there was some girl that would, and I wasn't even saved then. There was some girl that would always kind of mock me or something when I would come in. And, and so I didn't say anything to her about it. You know, I just let it go. And, and uh, one of the other ladies, a lady who was, you know, I was younger. She was middle-aged and she said, um, she said, Williams, you gotta know something. She said, some of these people here is common. 
she's a little common girl she said and you're not you got me that wouldn't even save them so you're gonna have common folk always picking at you huh and so i know now i can look back now and see if god was preparing me for the season when i would have that coming from every which way (laughs) from the body of christ amen because of what you carry and especially when you carry god's spirit that brings judgment on everything that's not like god and it's a blessing to people if they can figure it out see every time that lady's around i just feel uncomfortable i feel like something's wrong with me i feel like you understand what i'm saying because they need to feel that way so they can start to get over and measure up with what god has for them so see we become the the plumb line or the measuring for god to be able to show people that there is another way you can repent you can forget about that life out there and come over into the kingdom and if we don't understand our job and and get comfortable with it understand it appreciate it we'll get to the point where we don't ever want to be around people where we don't go out much well you know i tried to witness the so-and-so try it again do it again huh do it until the devil quits amen and do it again because there's nothing wrong with your message see there's everything right with it according to god but see we live in such an evil hateful hellish world that if you say no to the the least sin to say nothing about the great ones you'll be marked tarred and feathered if they can because the devil's always wanted to kill righteousness he hated it when that's all that when he was in righteousness he thought he was too good for it and so we gotta understand some things here folks it's it's not going to be always wonderful that's why jesus sent people out in twos when they went to minister huh jehovah witnesses stole it from the gospel but the bible says one of us can chase two of us can put that's right so you you go in pairs so that you can have strength to withstand what the devil's going to try and do to you to get you to shut up or to get you to change your, or to get you to do something else that shows fear so god wants us to to understand what our job is here amen we're to bring judgment to the gentiles whenever you invite somebody into god's kingdom their sin's been judged it's judged already you're just giving them an opportunity to recognize it listen people feel bad all the time why do you think they take so many drugs i have all these home remedies for feeling bad about themselves now christians we know better we're supposed to be in that bunch but it's not easy it's not hard people know that their sins being judged all you got to do is show up with the anointing on you and tell them jesus loves them 
and they weep like babies. They feel bad, feel even worse. They're already feeling bad about it. Now they're feeling even worse. And that's to bring them to repentance and not have all these sinner-friendly services where people just go in and sit and don't ever get saved, don't ever change. They're just kind of giving a happy talk. Some stale preacher jokes. I don't tell them. I don't have time. I wouldn't insult y'all and waste your time with preacher jokes. Because they ain't funny no way. Not when you coming for the word. So Isaiah 42, he's talking about his special servant. That's us. He says, he shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. In other words, he's not doing this for him. A bruised reed shall he not break. Smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He's a strong person. Even though he's humble, he's strong because he won't fail nor be discouraged till he has set judgment in the earth. You know, there's all kind of people in the earth with that kind of anointing on them, folks. I'm seriously. And it's always in the earth. If it's not here, God can't get any work done. But you have these people who are determined not to fail. They're determined not to quit. They're determined not to compromise. They're determined not to be manipulated. That's the kind of servant that God puts his anointing on. And see, the anointing will do that. It will change you into another person. Amen. Will change you. Verse 7, he'll open blinded eyes to bring forth prisoners out of the prison. And to them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. He says in verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven image. Images. Behold, the former things are come to pass and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. So God is not going to let us be caught by surprise on anything. You're going to know what he's doing in the earth. You're going to know the, the anointing that he's releasing, what it's supposed to do, because you'll start to have a longing in your heart to do those things. And then there's God right there with the power to fulfill it right before your very eyes. So God wants us to live this way. He wants us to live as prophetic people. Amen. In Matthew 21, 34, you'll see another instance of uh, Jesus' prophecy fulfilled. Down to the very small, minute details. Really, the Gospels are just the records of Messianic prophecy being fulfilled, if you really want to think about it that way. Matthew 21 and 34. Where am I? 21. This is Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Nah. Three and four. I said that, didn't I? I'm sorry. <laughs> Twenty one, three and four. You're right. I see my little comma in there. Verse twenty one, and when they drew nigh to Jerusalem, 
were come to Bethphage into the Mount of Olives and sent Jesus to disciples saying to them go into a village over against you and straight away you shall find an ass tied and a coat with her loose them bring them unto me if any man says anything to you say this the Lord has need of them and right away he will let you have them all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying tell you the daughter of zion behold your king comes to you meek sitting upon an ass and a coat of and a coat the foal of an ass and the disciples went and did as jesus commanded them and brought the coat and everything they put their clothes on it and they set him on it and a very great multitude spread their garments in the way others cut down branches from the trees and threw them in the way and the multitudes went before and that followed cried hosanna to the son of david blessed is he that comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest now these people were convinced of who jesus was why is it when he went to the cross everybody abandoned him amen see we're convinced until something in the natural happens to unconvince us or to challenge our faith or to test our faith he had told his disciples many times that he would be killed but that he would be raised on the third day but many of them were unbelieving even after he was raised from the dead and it was reported by faithful messengers that he had been raised from the dead so see your faith and then thomas gave the whole show away he said i don't care what y'all say y'all seen i'm not going to believe it until i can see the the prints the proof and the evidence natural evidence well jesus rebuked thomas's faith see thomas's faith won't get you the woman with the issue of blood kind of healing but yet we try it anyway the minute you say i wonder when that's thomas's faith but you can't get you can't get the 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 syrophoenician woman one with you you can't get none of them healings on thomas's faith jesus said you got a little bit of something off of this thomas huh thomas you're blessed you got your own blessing you got you a soul blessing an eyeball blessing huh because you saw it and now you believe because you saw it he said but more blessed are those who believe before they see see that's the abraham kind of faith you want to be in the second category because thomas's faith is only going to get you material and natural things if that if that because that's going to run out after a while but the abraham kind of faith the kind that jesus demands from us that we believe first and then we see even though you might get tired sometimes you might get weary sometimes that's the reason for going into the throne and beginning to worship and praise god is to energize your faith again you're not doing him any favors by praising him he knows he's god but you got to know it see the praise is for you to know he's god amen and so once you start to to understand the kind of faith god demands 
so that we can get the things that we need. It's not impossible. He said all things are possible to him who believe. He asked that boy, the the man who had the son that was having the seizures, he said, can you believe? You know, and, and he finally confessed that he believed a little bit. Jesus must have helped his unbelief because he got his boy healed. You understand? All it takes is a confession of where you are. Jesus, I'm not believing so much today. Can you help me? Instead of wondering what's taking so long. He don't respond to that kind of. People had him thoughts all day long and never get anywhere. But if you confess to him, God, you know what? I need help with this. This is not working for me. You know, I thought I would be much further along. I thought I'd have it by now. And it's still lingering a little bit. He's teaching us how to appropriate and manifest his kingdom. His kingdom stretches far and wide and way beyond what you need for And and if we really believe that, then we won't be concerned about how long something takes. I mean, that thought might cross your mind and then you think, well, God, this is this is for your glory as well. It's not just for me to get what I want. Amen. Because there's still a little thief inside all of us. We'll steal it from God, take and get it for free without getting in the word without cracking a bible without doing anything if we could so he's trying to kill the thief in us and it's not just about money you know there's some tithers and givers out here as thieves they could cheat on the faith thing they do it in a heartbeat don't want to spend so much time and don't want to turn that plate down don't want to do the things that we know is going to bring greater anointing greater power Amen. I used to carry my, you know, low carb breakfast. You know, I can't, I'm not going to eat them bagels now. It's just, they ain't on the menu. You know, I gotten used to it. It's not a big deal. And then the day came when I said, leave that stuff at home. <laughs> Hello? I got things, kingdom things I want you to do. And it don't call, I don't care if it is low carb. You ain't eating it. Huh? So I need you to hear my voice so you can prophesy to my people. He said, you know the atmosphere is so crammed up with false prophecies and feel good words. and He said, cash out and everything and go to the McDonald's app and all of other apps. Some of them is some of the eating is profits. Well, I ain't going to even go there because I, I do my own share, but you you understand. There's sometimes it's time to just put it all down. If you need to hear from God, you need to hear from God. You got to do what you got to do. Now, that ain't for y'all. You understand what I'm saying? Unless God tells you that. That's for me. But there's a time. Oh, everybody relieved. <laughs> I didn't want to have to fork up that bagel. Man, no, it ain't for you. It's for me. You understand what I'm saying? But, but, you know, even in your little fake things that you do to try to 
I'm working on it. I've been working on that for a long time. But it's it's time sometimes to just put down the stuff you're working on too. Start start hearing from God because He needs people to hear from Him to have an accurate word to declare an accurate word to keep people healed to keep them well. You know, when I found myself stuck here in Cleveland, not a bad thing. I'm just saying stuck because I felt stuck because I'm used to running back and forth between here and Detroit. And I said, well, God, I can't go anywhere. You want me to stay here? How am I to do this? And I said, what do you want me to do? He said, keep my people well. You understand what I'm saying? Keep them well. And that's why I'm here is to keep everybody here well. And to get fear off of you because it's some crazy people out there who are scared of everything they used to come out and and make fun of people without masks when they get out in public they just stay home now because they get sick of mask shaming everybody but there's some very very fearful and afraid people they've been made fearful by what they hear and so the Lord told me, he said, I want you to keep them well. I want them to hear about healing and health and faith continually so that they don't pick up this whatever it is. Rona, her, <laughs> we ain't getting her. Amen. It's not, not allowed for us. We're, we're believers. Amen. So, so you do what you have to do, folks. You do what God commands you to do. You do what it takes to make sure you deliver on what he gives you to do. It's your assignment. You have assigned things. You ain't no little free agent run. Not with Jesus, not with Jesus' blood covering you and with his spirit in you. You ain't free to do nothing. <laughs> that life is more restrictive than anything you ever lived through in your life. Huh? But it's worth the payoff. It's worth the payoff. He wouldn't demand so much if he hadn't already given so much and is willing to give us all the more. Amen. But he wants us well. And we are well. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for hope and encouragement. Thank you for blessing us, helping us, and keeping us. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. I forgot the offering. Oh, okay. Thank you, Chuck. Oh, you didn't get to dance today, did you? All right. Well, then just can everybody drop it in here on the way out? All right, why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Father, that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen.